morning I, I want to look at that passage, so if you've got your Bibles, let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 2 and talk about this. And I want to explore a little bit about what it means to belong to the church. And we're, we're as you know, we're, we're moving towards our covenant recommitment in, in a few weeks' time. And, and really, we're, we're doing that in the wake of uh, an incredibly difficult period probably that's an understatement, in the life of the church in over the last two to three years. Um, a, a time of real travail, a time of COVID, a time of vast transition, and, and a time of heartache and sadness. I, I remember writing an essay when I was an undergraduate, and uh, it was all about the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. And when the Babylonians arrived and they vanquished it. And, and you'll know if you read through the Old Testament, there's much that talks about it. Much of the heartache, much of the, the thing where something that, that the people had built was destroyed. And, and, and then the people were deported. And, and it was a terrible time. There's a whole book, Lamentations, in the Old Testament that's giving to just the sorrow that was generated at that time, at the loss of the thing that God was building. And, uh, and the essay kind of looked at why the nation of Judah had no right existing thereafter. They should have been vanquished. And uh, if I was doing it as a sermon, I was writing it in the essay, so it didn't do this. But I, I would have entitled it, But God. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Jerusalem had no right recovering. Judah had no right coming back. Judah should have been vanquished and wiped out. But God, God worked and resurrected and did a new thing. And, and, you know, I, I, I kind of feel like that in terms of the life of SBC. You know, what we have been through in the last two years. The, the way that we were effectively shut down by government, went virtual. And the, the impact of internal divisions within the life of the church. The, the, you know, and, and the hurt and, and brokenheartedness. People have left. You know, it's like SBC has no right kind of continuing. But if you look around you this morning on a half-term week, there are people in church. At one point during COVID, I wondered whether we would have 50 people after we finished. I had no idea. But God. But God. But we also recognize that there's a lot of heartache from that period. You know, there's a lot of sadness. Somebody said to me, you know, there are dozens of people who are now no longer part of SBC, and there are a variety of reasons for that. But the truth is that their loss hurts, whatever the reason, that people aren't here, that the, the temple that was, the building that was, has, has disappeared, although the physical building remains. And, and we felt as we came to start the new year that as a leadership that it wasn't just right to have our covenant service again, but it was right to have a time to recognize all that we've been through to recognize the past, to recognize some of the heart, to do reconciliation. You know, Jonathan's prayer is right. You know, we have to have right relationships. 
I'm going to talk a little bit about this, but the body of Christ cannot be built. John, Jonathan was saying to me as he was showing me that scripture from 1 Kings, he's saying, if the building block is defective, it won't fit together with the other building blocks. It will fall apart and the building will fall apart. So we need to get right. We have to get right with one another to build the new thing that God's doing. But, and so we felt it was right to do that, but also recognize that God is taking SBC into a new thing. That God is wanting to do a new thing and, and he wants us to travel together into that new thing, to be, we, somebody was, who started coming along from the, the Baptist Union was saying to one of our members, coming to SBC is a little bit like a church plant, a pretty big church plant, but, but you know, it's, it's, it's like a new thing that's happening. And, and God is doing a new thing amongst us. And, and it's an exciting time as well as a hard time. It's a time when there is hurt and there is a feeling of loss, and yet it's also a sense there's something new beginning and an opportunity. I mean, just so some of the things that even happened last week. Well, yesterday we had over 30 people on a walk together in Kings Park on Saturday morning. Last Sunday night at our evening service, we had, I think, upwards of 60 people there. The last time we had more than 60 people on evening service, which wasn't a baptismal service, I can't remember. <laughs> That's how long ago it is. And we only started the evening service back 12 weeks ago. During last Sunday morning service up at the Haven, we had Cafe Church. David Wilson was taking it. And I'm told that the church was full of people from the community who were hearing the gospel who have come in to the church because of warm spaces. And, and it was full of people who were hearing. And I'm told you were very good, David. And, uh, <laughs> and, and people are hearing about Jesus. You know, and, and, and at ways that we, and we've prayed for the work at the Haven for years. I'm, I'm told one of our long-standing workers there was so excited about saying, you know, this is what we prayed for. You know, the, for the community to be reached. And suddenly we're seeing the, the, the shoots of this and the beginnings of this. And I, I think this is the beginnings of the new thing that God is wanting to do with us. But in order for God to take us into that new thing, we have to recognize what it means to be the church of Jesus Christ. What it means to be members one with each other. And, and we've, we do that in a Baptist tradition, and I don't apologize for a tradition, uh, through covenant. You see, we believe that God calls us into relationship with himself, and so we're in a covenant relationship with God. But in doing that, he calls us into relationship with one another. And, and we believe that's a covenant relationship. That's a relationship where we kind of make promises to each other. Uh, the, the closest thing we have is marriage, where, where we make promises to each other and say, you know, this is what we're going to be to one another as we become the body of Christ. And, and, and we're trying to do that. And so we, we decided to uh, try and combine an administrative function, which is trying to sort our, our membership list, with this reaffirmation of covenant. By the way, you really help the office if you tell them if you're recovenant or you're part of the church. Uh, uh, otherwise, we've got loads of work and we we'll probably will have lots of work anyway in contacting people. But you just make it easier for us if you do that. So I'd really appreciate if you can help us with that uh, as, as we attempt to do this so that we identify what is 
the community of God's people who are committed to moving into the new thing that God has for us. I want to talk a little bit about what membership consists of. And then I'll go look specifically at 1 Peter chapter 2. First thing is that membership involves conversion. Uh, one of the things that sometimes people, people ask me is, is, what's the difference between a Baptist church and other churches? Well, one of the differences is that you become a member of the church through acknowledging Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You'll see that in 1 Peter chapter 2. He is the foundation in our conversion experience. the basis of everything that happens. I remember when uh, I, I moved down south into England, and I was living there, and the, the parish minister came to visit me. And he, he walked in and knocked on the door, and I said, oh, hi, uh, I'm the Baptist minister. And he said, I wanted to welcome you to our church. And I went, what do you mean? I've never been to the Anglican church. <laughs> welcome. No, you've moved into the area, so you've joined our church. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so by being born in the village, you were born into the church. You were part of the church just by being there and being in the parish. In fact, that's the idea of the parish. The parish is the church. Okay? We don't believe that. It's kind of something that we fell out with the Anglicans over 400 years ago. We believe that the Bible teaches that in order to be part of the church of Jesus Christ, you have to have an experience of God in your life. You have to acknowledge Jesus as Lord. And, and express that. Now, in the Bible, that experience, and again, sorry for the Pentecostalists amongst you, but that experience is called baptism in the Spirit. I know you think it's something else, okay? But in the New Testament, and John Stott says this, so it has to be right, um, <laughs> baptism in the Spirit is how they describe conversion. You see, when you get converted, when you call Jesus as your Lord, what happens is the Spirit of God, even actually before that, but we won't go there. Uh, the Spirit of God begins to work in your life. And as you acknowledge Jesus as Lord, the Spirit of God fills your life. They described it as being baptized with the Spirit. It's the idea that God invades every aspect of your life. It's not just something Sunday mornings or whatever. It's God takes hold of you. And, and, and it describes it as baptism in the Spirit. Now the problem they had was that that happens inside you. You know, you can't see it. It happens inside you. And so the New Testament said, what's happening inside you needs to be made visible. Invisible stuff needs to be made visible so other people can see it. And, and as a Baptist church, we believe that's what baptism is. So baptism, you get baptized in the spirit, you become a Christian, and then you get baptized to show that you've been baptized in the Spirit so that we physically demonstrate that just as the Spirit of God has invaded your life, now you are saturated with water and the presence of God and you are part of the community of God's people. Now, baptism and church membership doesn't make you a member of the church. What makes you a member of the church is baptism in the Spirit. It's, that's how you become part of the church of Jesus Christ, through the Spirit of God. And if you have the Spirit of God, then you're part of the body of Christ. 
Paul spends a lot of time in Corinthians explaining this. And, and so we are, there is one baptism, and I think that's baptism in the Spirit. I know some might disagree, but that's baptism in the Spirit. There's one Spirit which binds us together. But we are called to recognize that experience of God's Spirit. And that's where church membership comes in. Church membership is actually saying, you know, God's Spirit has worked in me. It's where baptism comes in. By the way, uh, we've actually filled up all the slots for our next baptismal in in February. In fact, I, I think we've seen more people in the last year baptized than I've seen in a long, long time here, just in the last year. It's been amazing the number of people. So our next, but if you want to get baptized at Easter, we have slots. <laughs> and, and if you have been ba- if you've been baptized in the Spirit, then as Paul says in Acts 10, there's nothing to prohibit you being baptized in water. In fact, it's interesting to notice, not pushing this, but they do command it in the New Testament, all right? I'm just saying. All right, baptized in the spirit, you should be baptized in water. Just let that settle. And, um, <laughs> but what happens when we are baptized in the spirit and we come into membership? Well, we're connected to one another through the spirit of God. You know, one of the, the brilliant things I find is you can travel all over the world. You can meet people like Jonathan and Milan. And, 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 you know, they have completely different backgrounds. The, the last membership meeting, we had people from South Africa and the apartheid areas there. We had people from Nigeria. We had people from Southeast Asia. We had people from all different experiences, from Ireland and the Troubles. And people were sharing, and I was just thinking, wow, what an interesting group of people with all this diversity of experience. And here's the thing. We come together and we have a sense of being one. Not because we share the same life experiences. It's been so dramatically different. But because we have the Spirit of God who binds us together with one another. And so conversion brings connection. And, and, and it's wonderful when you meet another Christian because you kind of witness in your spirit. It's a hard thing to describe. But you know when you sit with another Christian and suddenly you just go... Wow, you know, this person loves God, and, and I'm resonating with what's happening in them, and, and that witness of the Spirit that's happening. So the Spirit of God converts us, He then brings us into relationship with one another, He connects us, and then thirdly, He calls us. Now, here's the thing I am connected. With every Christian in Stirling, actually every Christian in Scotland, every Christian in the world, uh, I'm connected to them. You know, I can go, I know I can go to Southeast Asia. We supported a project in Cambodia. It was brilliant to go and worship in Cambodia. I just feel these are my brothers and sisters. You know, I've been to Africa and it's brilliant to go and worship in Africa. No. Hey, it's the family. <laughs> We're not even distant cousins. We're brothers and sisters. And you know, the Spirit of God resonates and there's this sense of community. However, the Spirit of God then says, it's great to be part of this universal big family, but I call you to be part of a specific thing, to be part of a local church. The Spirit of God calls us to do that. that, Again, that's what membership is. And and, um, 
You know, I, I know we do church shopping. Maybe not so much consumerism isn't such a big thing post-COVID. But, you know, in the past, people would go with their checklists. Mm, dodgy preacher. Mm. Uh, you know, worship's okay. You know, oh, stewarding was great. I <laughs> think coffee. Mm. And, uh, you know, you know they, they, you go and choose your, oh, like a beauty contest. Or as if you're on a dating app. Okay. That is not the biblical idea of becoming part of the church of Jesus Christ. You have the spirit of God, and so when you walk into a church, you have connection with the people there. And then the question is, God, do you want me here? You know, the, the, one of the things, one of the traditions of Baptist theology, it's always dangerous to talk about Baptist theology because we have various strands, but one of the strands that I really like says, you know, that the unity of the church is based not on theological agreement. You know, that's why when you walk into the church, we don't hand you this thing and say, tick all the boxes. Sometimes I used to go and, and speak places, and they would hand me a statement of faith, and I would have to tick all the boxes. And, and, uh, and if I didn't, oh, you can speak here. Okay? I always had a problem with that, and that's because I'm a Baptist, and I just don't think it's about ticking boxes. It's about the Spirit of God. And that means you can have the Spirit of God and we can disagree. <laughs> but we disagree maybe over theology or perspectives or different things like that. But it doesn't destroy our unity. One of the problems with Presbyterianism, and again, I like Presbyterians and I'm very keen on Presbyterianism. However, one of the things in terms of the history was that every time somebody disagreed on one of the propositions, you had to go and start another church. Well, we don't agree with that proposition. We're a new set. Come and join us if you agree. Uh, ideally, and I emphasize, ideally in a Baptist church, we're unified by the Spirit of God. And so we're brought into relationships through the Spirit of God. And then the Spirit of God says, this is where you should be. Now, here's the question for you. And in a way, you know, this is what we're kind of saying. It's what's the Spirit of God saying to you? You know, I, I, I was talking to someone that was leaving our church a few weeks ago. I wasn't sure they should be leaving. I was having a chat, and I said, you know, I don't know if you should be leaving. I just don't know. This. And they kind of said, it's right. It's right that we should do this. And, and we, we talked about it for a moment. And then I came to the point where I realized, you know what? I have to allow people to be directed by the Spirit. And if they feel that's what the Spirit of God is saying to them, then you know what? God's got some purpose in it. Um, maybe doesn't help us in some areas, but I've got to say that's what God's doing. But equally, I've got to encourage people who know that God is saying be part of this to affirm that you are part of this. You know, that's what we're asking people to do, to say God's spirit is saying I need to be part of this thing. See, the problem is if you don't have that sense, and then the minute we disagree, and we will disagree, or, you know, somebody who serves you coffee, or you serve somebody coffee and they don't say thank you and you get miffed, or, or, or the minister says something in a sermon and you take exception to it, or he doesn't say something in a sermon and you take exception to it. You can tell how hard my life is. Um, the, the, you know, you'll be, oh, I'm off. That's not the church of Jesus Christ and that's not church membership. Church membership is about responding to the Spirit of God. Our idea, and one of the things we need to work at at this church is get back to this. When the church comes together in a gathering, in a church meeting, the idea is that we're discerning the Spirit. 
What is God saying to us and listening to the heart of God? Not what we think, not our opinions, and there may be an element of that, but it's about listening to God and saying, God, where are you taking us as a church? Well, one of the things that is so exciting at the moment is I think the Spirit of God is taking us into new places and new territory, and it's terrifying. You know, and, and, and it's hard. <laughs> you know, I, we'll, we'll talk next week about our, our, our finances, but, you know, as people have left, uh, and our heating bills just came in a couple of weeks ago, and we were like, wow. And, and suddenly we're aware. Things are really hard in terms of the finances. But it's like, God, what are you saying? Where are you taking us? And we trust you. Because we're relying on the Spirit of God and we believe that God will bring the people to be part of this community. What's the point of the Spirit of God doing that? What's the point of God converting us, connecting us, and calling us to be part of the community? Well, it's expressed here in 1 Peter chapter 2. Peter here talks about a called out community. And, and he says, you know, you have been called out by God. You'll have, if you've been in the church a while, you'll have heard this illustration before. But I used to have a Latin teacher. And uh, they were terrifying. And, uh, and they used to shout out your last name. They would go, black! And you'd go, ah! <laughs> and they would call you out to the board. And they required that you parse the verb. Amo, amas, amat. I can still remember. I was ter- that terrified. And... Uh, that, that's what we were called to do. We were called out. Well, it's the same thing. God calls us into a place. What does he call us to do? Well, he calls us to build us into a spiritual temple which reflects God's presence. That, that's why Peter starts by saying this. He says, get rid of all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander, and every kind of contention. Why? Because it destroys the temple of God and God's witness. That's why we have to deal with this stuff. That's why as we move towards this covenant, if you have issues in your life with your brothers and sisters, you have to put it right. You know, we cannot tolerate that because it stops us fulfilling the calling of God on this community and what God has called us to be and who God has called us to be. Because he's called us to be a, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own. He's called us to be a people who move into the new thing that the Spirit of God has for us so that we can witness to the life-transforming power of Jesus in the midst of this community and in the midst of the wider community. It's a calling. He, he says, uh, Peter says, you once weren't a people and now you're a people. You once didn't have mercy and now you know mercy. And what he's saying is you're moving from a state of insignificance to a state of significance. You're going to be significant for the work of God in this place. Although it's possibly one of the most challenging times that this church has ever known, I believe the Spirit of God is leading us into a new thing. I think it is an exciting time. I hope he's encouraging you and I hope you resonate in your spirits and say, the Spirit of God says to you, we want to be part of this new thing that God is doing. Not that it's going to be easy, not that everything is going to be rosy, 
But God is going to do a new thing. And as I said, I think we're already seeing some of the first fruits of this in some of the work that's happening up at Cafe Church, in the people that are getting baptized. It's been brilliant. This week we had a meeting with some of them. And it's just so exciting to hear the stories and what God's doing and the way that God wants to work. And I believe rather than less of that, we're going to be seeing more of it. But it requires that we come together as living stones and are built into a temple where God can dwell without malice or division, but with the pure spiritual milk of the direction of God's Spirit, leading us as a people into the new thing God has for us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the work of your Spirit. Lord, we pray that we would know more of your Spirit. Lord, that just as people in the book of Acts encountered your spirit over and over again as you reconstituted the church. Lord, we pray that as we come to commit ourselves through covenant, that you will pour out your spirit again on every single one of us. Lord, that we would know the power of your spirit in our lives. Lord, I pray that our actions and our deeds and our attitudes would not quench your spirit. They would not hinder the building of this community into a spiritual house where you can dwell and where you can be known. Lord, I pray that as you guide and as you direct, that we as a community will be sensitive to your call. That, Lord, we will be faithful and true to your direction so that we will be a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a people belonging to you. Lord, we ask this in your name. Amen.